if you're young enough to still have your parents, and if you are to have your grandparents, talk to them, learn some lessons, probably be more like them, be more like them, because I really think that those traditional values that they had back then make us more authentic in who we are. The oil and gas industry, the driving engine of the world economy, delivering prosperity, innovation and abundance across the globe. Here are the stories of its key players, directly from the leaders themselves. This is Bulwark's Oil and Gas Industry Leaders Podcast, where real experiences are passed on from the leaders of today to the leaders of tomorrow. Here is your host, Paige Wilson. Welcome to this week's episode. I'm actually sitting here on remotely speaking with Sherry Hornbach, Executive Director at Taft College Foundation. How are you? I am good, Paige. How are you? Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, and I'm sorry we didn't get to do this in person. I know you were so busy getting everything done with the conference, or the summit rather, but I'm I'm glad we got a chance to get on the phone and, and do this. Before I want to get too far into it, I wanted to ask everyone to support the show by taking a few moments to just leave a review on iTunes, and I'll read it out on the show. Sherry, how did you get started in oil and gas? Ah, ha, ha. Good question. Well, you know, I live in Kern County, and Kern County has been compared to the Midland, Texas of California. And I happen to work out on the west side of Kern County, which is a town called Taft. Many of your viewers may be, or your listeners may be familiar with Taft, but it's surrounded by three of the largest oil producing fields in California. So we produce just out there on the west side about 70 to 80 percent of the fossil fuels needed to produce the energy to serve our state. So that's kind of how I got into it. You know, I lived here for about 30 years. And for the last 16 years, I have been raising philanthropic dollars for higher education. So going out to the West side, knowing that we're surrounded by the three largest oil fields in California, having lots of industry friends and partners out there, what makes better sense than to get to know everybody, help our students not only find jobs in this sector of industry, but also, you know, try to do things for the oil and gas industry. So that's kind of how it all started, I guess. Yeah. So what are some challenges you've had to face through all of this? (laughs) I mean, is that a loaded question or what? Well, you know, the funny thing is I feel very fortunate that, you know, our larger industry partners that we have in the region, like Chevron, California Resources, Berry Petroleum, They've been very supportive. They want to support young people and getting the message out to the young people about what the industry really does and what they provide is really important. So we can kind of help, you know, help create situations that educate people. And I haven't had a whole lot of challenges, not where I am, because like I said, we're in Kern County and Kern County understands how important the oil and gas industry is. Our state, there are folks in the state that may differ, but our county is solid. And, you know, anything I can do to just help, you know, bridge the gaps, educate people, get the real messages out is what I do. And I think the industry appreciates that someone at an academic institution aligning with them. So challenges, you know, raising money is a challenge, but not really haven't had any challenges with our industry friends. Not at all. It's been great. 
Yeah, I was going to say definitely just being in, in, in California is a challenge in itself in this industry. <laughs> definitely. We, we, you know, we've, we're always talking to our friendly politicians like you met at the West Kern Petroleum Summit last week. Our politicians that are our local ones, you know, they're up in Sacramento and they're, they're fighting for space. They're fighting for knowledge. They're trying to educate people rather than let people that feel a particular way have their message louder, you know. Well, just base it with everyone that was on the dais. It, it was pretty spicy. It was, they're definitely fighting. <laughs> <laughs> they're definitely having to fight hard. And it's not anything like here in, you know, Texas or Louisiana, where I'm from. It's a completely different ballgame. But I will tell you, visiting feels like I never left Texas, aside from the weather. Everything's very homey, very, very down to earth. Right on. I loved it. Yeah, I'm so happy that you that you were there and, and got a chance to see the funny thing. Well, maybe not the funny thing, but the interesting thing about when we decided to organize a West Kern Petroleum Summit. And our first one was in 2013. And because there's such a big event and we're a small college, we don't have a lot of, a lot of help. They happen about every two or three years. So this one that happened last week was our third one. And just doing this three times, honestly, there's not a lot of marketing. There's a group of industry partners that have become part of our Taft College Foundation Petroleum Partners. They're close to us. We have three events a year. So we know the industry is just really kind of part of our family at the college. So sending out an email, yeah, sending out an email and saying, hey, we're having a West Kern Petroleum Summit. It's like the tables were snapped up. We sold out. It was like, People were going, can I get a table? I'm like, I'm out of room. (laughs) And so, yeah, it just happened so fast that I I really think our industry, they feel kind of like, wow, this is so cool that someone's doing this because in California, it's hard to find. It really is something like this where, you know, we celebrate oil. We, we talk about the, the positives. We talk about the reality of it and what it really is about and how real it is for our people to have, to live. And so anyway, I think they appreciate that. Yeah. It brings a little bit of prosperity, huh? <laughs> yeah. A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what is it? One point, I think it's 1.5 million people in California work in the oil and energy sectors. Really that many, huh? Yeah. It's a huge employer. It's part of our culture here, but, but like I said, we've, We've got some opposition in California. And so, you know, it's a tough, it's a tough fight. Unless you have a pact, you know, a political action committee formed through your particular organization, Sacramento really doesn't even really have time to talk to you. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it's really hard. They're like, you don't have money. We don't have time. You know, there you go. (laughs) So just for audience sake, won't you explain a little bit of what you do as an executive director? Ah, okay. Well, Being the executive director for a California community college is probably a little bit different depending on the size of your college. But because we're pretty small, we have about 5,000 FTE. And what that means is full-time equivalent students. We're not a huge college. But what I do is raise money for the programs on the college. And a lot of that has to do with our corporate partners. But, you know, there are some folks, especially Chevron retirees in our region, because we have a lot, that want to give back. Yeah, they, they want to give back. They want to help the, the youngsters that are out there. And we had one, one situation happen, oh, about, about not quite a year ago. 
I don't think they'll mind mentioning their name, Stanley and Madeline Hutchison. Stanley has passed away in 2012, but he worked for Chevron for 38 years and Madeline worked there for 30. And when I met Stan in 2012, he was, he was then 90 years old. Goodness. Yeah. He had 78 patents with Chevron. Wow. He was the kind of, yeah. Oh yeah. Brilliant. He was the kind of guy that went in and said, okay, you're doing it this way, but I see something that we can improve upon. And he was like this process improver. And so Chevron, you know, celebrated him by giving him these uh, patents. But the more I got to talk to him, the more I really, really liked him. And I said, Stan, you know, Stan got a petroleum engineering degree after he came back from World War II, and he was a fighter pilot, a very good one. And he got uh, his petroleum engineering degree at, at, at Berkeley. And I asked him, you know, because this is what I do for a living. I said, and I knew he didn't have any children. I said, Stanley, what are you going to do with your money? <laughs> you know, and he said, well, I, you know, I, I'm probably going to give it to Berkeley. And I said, okay, well, you know, that makes sense. That's where you went to school. He says, I've got a scholarship up there. And and we talked a little bit and I thought, well, you know, I asked and that's kind of how it goes. Well, Stanley later that year had passed away and his wife, Madeline, and I became friends. And last year, you know, we just stayed in touch over the last five, six years. And then last year I had a young lady who graduated first in our engineering school and she came into my office and she said, I want to go to Berkeley. And so then all of a sudden all these dots started connecting because I knew that Stanley and Madeline had a scholarship up there. And I said, you want to go to Berkeley? And she said, yeah. And I said, wow, that's a big leap. You know, you're here in Taft, a little small town. She's from Shafter, even a smaller town. And she said, if I don't get a scholarship, my parents said they'd pay. Well, I knew her parents. Her parents were both farm workers, field workers. So they didn't have a lot of money. So I called up to, but called Madeline and said, I got the student. And then she said, call Berkeley. And long story short is we got her in on a full ride scholarship to Berkeley and she's up there studying civil engineering now. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. The door opened. So Madeline said, God, I love the students you have. Cause I introduced her to the gal and they met. So Madeline said, you know, I, I don't think Stanley would mind if, you know, we kind of share that money with you. <laughs> so I said, okay. <laughs> and so what we've been able to do is start the uh, Stanley and Madeline Hutchison engineering promise at Taft college which will take any student with a 2.75 or higher that wants to pursue engineering, and we will eliminate all debt through school. So we put them through two years. Now included in this, because we have the extra funds that Madeline provided, we have a mentoring coach, a completion coach, and tutoring coaches. Because oh, that's awesome. People would drop out of engineering because they're like, physics and calc is killing me. I think I'm going to change over to something else. So if we can get them going. So the bottom line is, we have a wonderful engineering program. It's stellar. And what we do is we'll help you transfer. And if you're one of the top and you really want to go to Berkeley, we can help you. But we transfer over to Cal Poly San Luis Obispo, CSU Bakersfield engineering program right here in Kern County, and then also Fresno State or Northridge. So we have contacts, but we want these students to pursue engineering. And the big component of our engineering program is petroleum. That's so great. That's so great to hear. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of fun. To, so I get excited. So that's what I do. I raise money. I try to build programs. I'm an external relations person where I shake hands. And and then nobody would have ever thought that I, in this job, would have developed the West Kern Petroleum Summit. But, you know, I was sitting around with some politicians one day and I said, actually, Chevron gave us a little grant. It was called an economic development grant. And I said, what are we going to do about economic development grant out in Taft? 
And we were talking about doing different things. And I said, what about a summit, like a, a get together of oil industry? And I said, I, what about the West Kern Petroleum Summit? And everybody looked at me. Really, some people looked at me and they said, you know, Sherry, you should really call it a West Kern Energy Summit. And I said, why? I said, we're setting right here in the middle of three of the largest oil fields in California. Taft is about petroleum and oil. Why would I call it energy? I love energy, you know, and it is energy. Bottom line is, but I said, no, I'm calling it petroleum. Well, we launched it and that thing sold out in like three weeks. It was like petroleum summit. Yeah, I'm going. That's awesome. <laughs> because there's nothing like that around here. There should be, but we've got it, you know, and I guess we've got it going. So I guess we have a little bit of a dance with the industry because they loved it. And the feedback from this one was just amazing. It was like, Sherry, best one ever. I'm like, wow, we're getting better at it. That's great. <laughs> well, just looking around at, at, at all the prep and, and all the all the cameras, all the cameramen, all the camera women, it was it was immaculate. It was very well done, almost flawless. It was it was great. It was great, and I, I, people were pouring in to sit on the bleachers. Yeah, yeah, we invited students still. Yeah. Well, no, even the grownups were sitting with the students. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and that's really cool because, you know, students on the West side, you know, our high school, which is right next door, the back gate to our college goes to the high school. They have this incredible oil tech Academy where it's been going now for 20 years. And these students, they have industry visits, they have speakers, they go out on site and they have special curriculum that aligns them to be prepared to go into the oil and gas industries. Now, a lot of those students, they're good. And there's a gentleman in our town that has a scholarship program that sends them off to the Colorado School of Mines, University of Houston. I mean, they, they go off. But the cool thing is when they're in high school, they, can, they have dual enrollment with our college. So they can come over and take an introduction to petroleum engineering class while they're going to high school. Oh, that's neat. So they can get college credit while they're still in high school. And then some, you know, if they don't want to leave home, because a lot of people don't, they'll come over to Taft College and they'll take two years of the engineering program and then maybe they'll go transfer. But we got a cool little, cool little sort of microcosm of, you know, oil education going on in Taft too, which is kind of cool. Awesome. Good deal. So if you had a piece of advice to give our audience, what would it be? <laughs> Well, you know, depending on exactly, you know, what we might be talking about, I guess metaphor for life would be to go ahead and fail. It's okay. I failed a lot in my life. And well, that's how you learn, right? That's how you learn. So it is don't take it too hard. Try not to make the same mistake over again. I mean, you're going to have to take risks and it's not always going to be perfect. You're going to get into jobs that you thought was right. And maybe they're not right. You're not going to get along with everybody. You're not. It just you know, styles are different. Flavors are different. So the, the thing about it is don't be too hard on yourself, but also do be critical on yourself. Do you know what I mean? Don't beat yourself up, but critically walk yourself through what just happened and try to learn something from it. Because, you know, I've had three great careers and I've done a little bit of failing probably in each one. I, I think this last career raising money, I've been, I've been really fortunate. Bakersfield, Kern County, Taft, they're all very giving communities. There's a lot of traditional, historical oil and agricultural people in our regions. And they're kind of those old fashioned folks that had to work hard and never really bought a new truck when they needed to and never really bought a big house if they didn't have to. But they are very giving and, you know, they'll, they'll give back. And so that's helped sort of build this 
wonderful community of people. And so raising money has been, I've been very fortunate here in this town. And I think that you have to remember a piece of advice is be nice to everybody because you never know who you're going to meet. Don't judge them by the Amen car. Amen to that. Yeah, don't judge them by the car they drive or what. Because I, I have some people that have shaken my hand and had a you know an old pickup and a pair of coveralls on that have written awfully big checks. So don't judge. <laughs> don't judge. And be nice to everyone you meet. And learn to become authentic. Be yourself. Just be yourself. A lot of people want to put on a show or maybe act a little, you know, I call them imposters. And sometimes you're an imposter. <laughs> they are. They, they're, they're kind of imposters because you know that's not them. And it's like, just kind of get in touch with who you are. Accept it. Love it. Try to get better. But try to find yourself. So I guess that was a lot of different advice. But, you know, it's kind of my little story, I guess. I like it. I like that you gave a little bit more than just <laughs> what I asked. No, that's great. That's fantastic. I love that. <laughs> Thank you. So what book would you say influenced you the most? Well, I've read a lot of books over my lifetime. And uh, the funny thing is just going to the, to the education side of this for a minute with books is I am in the middle of my doctorate program. I am working on my doctorate. And a lot of people are like, oh, good for you, well, you know, and I'm not saying that to go, Ooh, but thank you. Thank you. But I'm doing it because I don't want to get stale. I don't want to think the same way I've always thought. And you can read books and I love reading, but pursuing an education and getting in a cohort of people and hearing what they say and then thinking about how you think and all of that is, is growing, is learning, is reading, it's life reading, you know? So yeah, I, I'm pursuing, you know, I'm kind of a businesswoman that got into higher education, which is really bizarre. And now I'm getting a doctorate in organizational leadership and higher education because I'm so interested in education now. You know, my whole thought has shifted, but it's it's cool to keep learning. It's never too late. <laughs> it's never too late. No, exactly. And so, exactly. And so I, I'm loving studying for my doctoral or my EDD. So, but the best book probably most recently is probably How the Mighty Fail by Collins or How, How the Mighty Fall, not fail, How the Mighty Fall, because it talks about... What happens when people become arrogant in business or they don't listen to what's really going on? They don't seek advice. The book refers to it as hubris, but it's really arrogance. If you're going to move, move through something so arrogantly that you're not going to listen to your team or your lead of engineers, let's say you're working on a project. For example, it talks about the challenger. Do you remember when the challenger went up? It might've been, a little I do. And it blew up. It talks about how NASA knew, you know, the, the leaders knew that the, the weather was colder than it had ever been to send up a rocket and that the O-rings, the O-rings had to get warm to a particular temperature or there could be a problem. Now they convinced the engineers that it was something they wanted to do. And the engineers told them, this is, this is not a good idea. But then they framed their questions like not could this happen, but what's the worst that could happen? So they framed a lot of different questions. Well, bottom line is they decided to go up and it's what happened. The O-rings think of a rubber band in a, in a freezer, it snapped, it broke. And that's what blew it up. So, so the book refers to it, as not listening and having this other motive. Oh, but we got to send it up. It's more important for the world to see this or 
No, not if it's going to kill all the people in the spaceship and blow up. Now, I, I mentioned that because it's in the book, but it talks about a lot of people, different companies who have not launched a product because of particular timing and then waited for two or three years to do it. And then when they launched it, the product was already out by other companies, but they were so, they were so, arrogant. <laughs> they were, they were so arrogant that they launched it anyway. So I think that's a great book to read, How the Mighty Fall by Stephen Collins. I think it's Stephen, yeah, Collins. And I just, I think it talks, it gets you in check and it walks through these five stages. And once you've reached risk of denial and peril, the chances of you falling off that cliff are very great. So it talks about the two steps before that. So it makes you aware as you're walking through business and building businesses and just anything that you do, be aware of what's really going on. Be in the moment. Is it already weird that I, I have people I want to give this book to? <laughs> no. <laughs> is it strange? All. Okay. Not at all. Collins sure. has three books. The first one is Good to Great, and that one's great. That's also a good book. But How the Mighty Fall really resonated with me because it can happen so quickly, and you can lose everything. Oh, very yeah, quickly. Yeah. So that's a, that's a good one, I think. Yeah, that's a really good one. I'm interested. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Who would you say is your most respected competitor? Well, I guess when it comes to raising money, I mean, I it, it's probably the people you know in Kern County that raise money, and there's there's a lot of them. You know, we've got we've got a couple, we've got a university, and then we've got another community college. So, you know, they're they're competitive, but you know, everyone's kind of got a different product. Yeah, I'm kind of a competitive person, but I try to keep it in check because. <laughs> Because, you know, <laughs> feeling competitive all the time takes up mental time. Like, oh, look what so-and-so did. Oh, it does. You know, I'll read the paper and I'm like, whoa, they got a really big gift. Ouch, that hurts a little bit. Okay, got to move on. Because you can't, you can't necessarily compare yourself to everyone else. Maybe you can help it motivate you. Wow, look what they're doing. Yeah, maybe I, I need to talk to more people or I need to maybe go into that that group over there that I'm I'm missing from. But when it comes to competitors, that's a hard one when you're a fundraiser because, you know, everyone's out there raising money and you really do want to see everyone do well. I mean, the other colleges need money just like we do and and their programs are important as well. I have a buddy, though, that, that runs a, a community college in Los Angeles, and I have to say I admire him because he he brought in the largest gift in uh, Southern California history from remember Herb Albert and the Tijuana Brass? You remember who that? Was? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I guess Herb Albert's little brother went to this community college in Los Angeles, and and this guy that raises money there, he knows everybody. His wife is the producer of The Voice, you know, the program The Voice. Yeah, I watched that. Yeah, well, yeah, this guy's really, really connected in Los Angeles and Hollywood, and he's an attorney by trade, a former attorney for the Mary Tyler Moore production industry. So. This guy has contacts that go on and on forever, but he was able to bring in a $10 million gift to his institution. And, you know, a lot of those kinds of gifts are going to USC or UCLA or Harvard or Stanford, but, but here's little old, well, it's not a little community college, but it's, it's a community college. They brought in this large gift. And so anyone that goes to Los Angeles community college and pursues performing arts will never have to pay tuition because of this Herb Albert endowment. And so I look at that and I, I feel competitive, but I also feel inspired to think that community colleges can maybe connect with alumni and industry and, and try to, well, and 
raise as much money as these higher institutions, you know, the UCLA's, the USC's. I don't know if we'll ever get there, but a lot of people go to community college that have become famous or have done very well in business or transferred on. And community colleges in California are a little bit behind it because they started raising money later than the other universities. But I think I think we're going to see some growth spurts based on what my friend did at Los Angeles Community College. It was a big gift. So anyway, competitive. Yeah, I hope that it motivates me, though. (laughs) I'm sure it does. What's your favorite podcast? (laughs) Well, right now it's yours. (laughs) Oil and and gas industry leaders. I love it. (laughs) Yay. Oh, I think, you know what, when I, you know, it was, it was wonderful how we met Mark, you know, really, it was kind of strange how we met you guys through an online search. We were looking for people that were the top, were the best in oil and gas that were getting the message out there. And we came across you guys. That's awesome. And when we invited you out, yeah, when we invited you out and your, your partner, Mark LaCour to come out and speak at our summit, we were just blown away. We were blown away. He was great. He was great on stage. He was great with our other industry partners. And you guys are unique by far. How so? Well, I think you're unique. Well, do you, Kern County doesn't have an oil and gas podcast. Oh, that's true. I mean, yeah, (laughs) I had not, I had not really, you know, been around it and, you know, maybe call me a late bloomer, but I, you know, I only listened to maybe two or three podcasts. If it, you know, I, I want to start listening to more, but I just find it fascinating that you guys are building such momentum and that you're helping the industry because it needs, it needs your help. It really does. California really needs it. <laughs> and that's one of the the things I'm very proud about is our, our reach and, and the entire reason we're doing this is to, to get the word out. So, yes. And I want to help you do that too with this podcast. I want to make sure that, you know, I reach out to all the people I know through social media and even, you know, maybe through our newspapers or maybe maybe going on uh, radio talk shows here in town. Well, and I tell you what, that was my first radio show I ever did. And Are you kidding? Me? Yeah, no. Person? Yeah. I'm, I'm just like, don't cuss, don't cuss, don't cuss. <laughs> Well, Richard Bean, you know, the Richard Bean show, he's he's done pretty well in town. He's a retired CEO of our Cali- Bakersfield, California newspaper. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. And so he's he's a good guy to, to be around. I thought that was fun being on the show that day. And, you know, that's how it happens. I really think people in California need to, like, l- definitely listen to your podcast. And I'm sure you'll probably have more people in California involved as time goes on. Because that message, the message, we, the message here in California is, like John Hofmeister mentioned at the summit, you know, the oil and gas industry is really being framed up as the tobacco of the current situation. And oil and gas is not tobacco. It's very different. And oil and gas is, is necessary for our, our livelihoods. And I try to let people in Sacramento know that there really is in California. I've looked for empirical evidence that says oil and gas is ruining the air, ruining the water. There is no empirical evidence that that's true. And I, I I look for studies and then I find other studies that have been, you know, created with bias or, you know, blind box study type things just to get the message 
geared around to what people want. What I think in California, it's just a thought, what what California ought to do, maybe some of the SIPAs and WISPAs and APIs, some of the bigger oil organizations, I think we should reach out and find a couple, you know, a couple you know, reputable, very high level institutions, educational institutions to really put together some real studies and then send those studies out and people need those talking points. And let's start talking facts, facts. And that's something- Those are my favorite (laughs) facts, not not theories, not not coulda, shoulda, what is facts. Right. Right. I don't know if Stanford or UCLA worked with us to develop a real factual study, not, not full of you know, bias or just take it and and let's see what comes up. You guys do it. And let's talk about the facts. Let's really look at it. Let's really look at it. Anyway, that's, that's something I think we need to do, but I'm just raising money. That's all I do. So (laughs) (laughs) I I realized I've skipped a question because I'm so excited about (laughs) all this, (laughs) but what's your most important lesson learned? Oh goodness. Spend more time with your mom and dad. Try to, yeah, yeah, I mean, I I know that's way off the, way off the mark of what we're talking about, but I look back and think, you know, I've lost my dad and my, my mom's getting, you know, my mom's up in her mid, mid eighties. And I think back on all the things I wish I would have asked my dad. They really do. Yeah. So people go so quickly. I mean, all of a sudden they're gone, they're gone. And it's like, Whoa, I had so much to say to you. And I left home at so early because I was so ambitious to go and try to get my whole life started, right? That I just took off. And then all of a sudden you're in your life, you're married, you're doing things, you're going to school, you're moving around and your folks are getting older the whole time, right? And they may not live, you know, if you're lucky enough to live in the same town, great. But most of us, we move away or we're, we're not super close in, in, you know, logistically, but the lesson learned is, and I'll share with your audience, if you're young enough to still have your parents, and if you are to have your grandparents, talk to them, learn some lessons, probably be more like them, be more like them, because I really think that those traditional values that they had back then make us more authentic in who we are. It helps you find who you are. And like going back to a question earlier, you need to find your authentic self because once you do, you'll be so much more successful in life and you'll be able to do things that you want to do much more comfortably. I agree with that. Yeah. It took it's, it takes you a little bit to get out of your comfort zone and go, okay, I need to grow. Okay. Now I need to, okay. Oh, I, now I found me. Okay. cool. <laughs> right. And I know, and you know what, when you, just when you think you know something and you found yourself, you realize, you know, nothing and you did not find yourself. And so that's, that's me. I can't. I know, right? Yeah. So that's why I'm going back to school. You know, I mean, it's killing my golf game. I'll tell you, I played yesterday, and <laughs> but, you know, I go to school on Saturdays now, and I, I don't get to play as much golf. But I figure I'll, I'll get to play golf. I'll, I'll be done in a couple of years, and and I'll play golf again. But but finding yourself through discovery and education and reading and talking to people, talking to your family, and all of that is so important to make you the best you can be. And that's, that's what I strive for. But I think that lesson learned, yeah, to spend more time with your, your elder family or your, just your brothers, sisters, whoever, spend more time with them. It goes by so quick. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. 
But thank you again so much for uh, joining me again today, Sherry. If people want to reach out to you and or get to know more about Taft College Foundation, how might they go about doing that? Oh, thank you for asking that. You know what? You can call me directly at 661-763-7936. And I would love to take your call. Of course, you can find us on the Taft College website. There's a foundation button. And then my email address is s-h-o-r-n hyphen bunk, B-U-N-K, at Taft, T-A-F, as in Frank T. College, dot E-D-U. I would love to talk to anybody. And Paige, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to have me on your show. Yeah, absolutely. And then for everybody driving this, that, and the other, all of these links will be down in the show notes. So make it easier for you to just click on it and get in touch with Sherry. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I just need to touch on events on decks before we go. What will we have coming up? We have the OGGN happy hour, which is going to be April 30th from 69 at the Canon. And one other big event we have coming up is offshore technology conference here in Houston, May 6th through 9th. So hope to see you there or hit me up on Twitter or on LinkedIn and we'll get together. All right, Sherry. This concludes this episode, so just remember it's up to you to open the next door. Tune in next week for another intriguing episode of Bulwark's Oil & Gas Industry Leaders Podcast, a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. Learn more at oilandgasindustryleaders.com.